This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Wednesday, October 2nd. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Purdue talks up H-2A fixes. Biofuel deal may be close. Latest snap cut and do state dicamba regs protect crops? White House may yet propose farm worker reforms. The Trump administration's first attempt at proposing immigration reform landed with a thud in the Republican-controlled Senate. But Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue says White House is still planning to propose immigration legislation that could include major changes to the H-2A farm worker visa program. Speaking to reporters at the World Dairy Expo yesterday, Purdue suggested the legislation could make H-2A workers available year-round. That's a high priority for dairy producers and also lower wage rates. We're hoping to have an opportunity to address not only the seasonability issue, but also the adverse wage rate, Purdue said. Many people that can get legal H-2A workers now are priced out of the provisions, he added, referring to the required wage rates. Here's the reality check. The chances of Congress passing immigration reform were always low, and the impeachment battle only makes the prospects of enacting any major piece of legislation that much harder. Keep in mind, in July, the Labor Department proposed a series of changes to the program, including an overhaul of the way that the wage rates are calculated. But the American Farm Bureau and other groups say the wage rate fix could drive up labor costs and create new wage disparities. A report, White House back to the biofuel deal. That on-again, off-again proposal by the White House to boost ethanol usage may be on again. Bloomberg reported yesterday afternoon that the White House is close to announcing a deal to expand future ethanol usage mandates to account for gallons that have been waived in recent years. All state senators appeared to have headed off that deal after a meeting last month, but Purdue yesterday denied a Reuters report that the issue was on hold at EPA. The White House declined to comment late yesterday. But Frank Masiano of the Policy Resource Group, which represents refiners, said the reported deal is not what was expected, especially uh, despite all the discussions. We don't know the timing, but expect that something could happen relatively quickly. Masiano said the deal was vulnerable to legal challenge, in part because of the comment period on the 2020 blending mandates is now closed. Be sure and read this week's AgriPulse newsletter. We take a look at the farm economy and what may or may not happen when the China trade war is over, the shortage of hemp processors, and some surprising beneficiaries of the U.S.-Japan deal. Purdue takes a stab at SNAP. The Trump administration is proposing yet another way to slash the cost of the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, this time restricting the use of utility deductions used to calculate benefits. The proposed rule, the third released since last December, would reduce SNAP benefits by about a billion dollars. The amount of the reductions and the states that would see them depends on state rules for the deductions. USDA says the proposed new regulations would replace the patchwork of outdated approaches states currently use when assessing household utility costs. Some states don't even know how their rules were derived in the first place, according to the USDA. On the other side... Anti-hunger advocates slam the proposal as they have the previous two. The administration describes its SNAP proposals as a means to modernize SNAP, but all they would do is reduce benefits or eligibility, according to Stacey Dean, that of the Center for Budget Policy and Priorities. Americans struggling to put food on the table will be worse off if the administration's regulatory agenda for SNAP moves forward. 
The earlier proposals would tighten income eligibility limits in many states and also make it harder for states to get waivers from work requirements. There's no link found to dicamba damage in regulations. It's not clear how the effective state dicamba regulations are in preventing damage from the herbicide to neighboring crops. USDA economists dug into the issue and say they couldn't find an easily identifiable geographical pattern between state usage restrictions and the amount of damaged soybean acres in 2018. The economists are using farmers' responses to USDA soybean production practices and cost report for 2018, that according to the Economic Research Service. The ERS report found that some states with relatively high rates of damage, like Iowa North Dakota, had state-level regulations, while others, such as Wisconsin, did not. Among the findings, about 4% of soybean fields last year were damaged by dicamba, and not all the acres uh, planted with dicamba-tolerant soybeans were actually treated with a herbicide. In all, 19 states studied more acres were planted with dicamba-tolerant seed than were actually sprayed with dicamba, the IRS said. For instance, in Mississippi, 79% of soybean acres were planted with dicamba-tolerant soybeans, but only 54% of those acres were actually treated with dicamba. But bear in mind, ERS says farmers may only use dicamba if glyphosate-tolerant weeds appear. In other cases, dicamba-tolerant seeds might be planted to prevent yield losses from unintended exposure to dicamba. The herbicide continued to pose a problem this year. In Illinois, for example, about 600 complaints have been filed. U.S. dairy eager for Indonesian market. European Union is in the midst of a trade fight with Indonesia, and the winner could be U.S. dairy. That according to a new report from the International Dairy Foods Association. The EU hit Indonesian biodiesel with new tariffs. They range between 8 and 18 percent. Now, Indonesia plans to slap tariffs of 20 to 25 percent on European dairy products. And that's all the U.S. needs to increase its already significant sales to the Southeast Asian nation, according to IDFA. The U.S. exported $166 million worth of dairy products to Indonesia last year. Beth Hughes, IDFA's senior director for international affairs, said, with the EU priced out of the market due to the tariffs on imports, opportunities exist to expand skim milk powder, whey, lactose, and cheese exports to Indonesia. Here's today's She Said It. Roundup is my friend. I could not do no-till and be sustainable without access to these types of innovative technologies. That Pam Johnson, an Iowa farmer, former National Corn Growers Association president, during the Future of Farming event sponsored by Bayer in Germany this week. Well, that's Daybreak for this Wednesday, October 2nd. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.